Welcome to the Boss and Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hello, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to the Boss and Heels podcast, where my job is to speak with inspirational CEOs, founders, thought leaders, and world class performers to tease out their mindset, habits, routines, and more. I'm so thrilled to be joined by an extraordinary guest this episode. This man is someone who I deeply admire. He is an expert in power, presence, and persuasion. He teaches all kinds of world-class performers from CEOs to business leaders, athletes, celebrities, etc., the art of executive presence and leadership. And in fact, this very special person used to be my own coach. And admittedly, I was a little scared and intimidated of him back in the day. But it suffice to say that our friendship, our relationship has grown and evolved so much over the years. And not only do I consider him someone that I deeply respect, but also privileged to call my very close friend and now collaborative partner, Mr. Chris Morsley. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Lara. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to be here again. Thank you. It's so nice to have you back. I mean, I always enjoy any of our conversations, but it's always extra special when we get to record them and get to share some of the conversations that we have with our audiences. And I'm really looking forward to delving into some really interesting conversation with you today. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So you were on my podcast back at my 50th episode. Mm. That was quite some time ago. We've now done over 150 episodes of the podcast. And there's probably a few things that have changed from the last time you were on the show to to now. But for the audience who is listening to this and may not know your story, how would you describe yourself in terms of your journey and what took you from being as what you described a socially awkward young man in high school Mm. your early years in high school to now becoming an expert in teaching incredible humans how to command connect compel and speak with a level of authority and conviction like how does one go from that extreme shyness and awkwardness to being this powerful presence it's it's so funny because i was actually telling uh one of my clients the other day that by the way what i'm what i'm telling you uh I had to learn absolutely everything that I'm showing you or helping you learn. <laughs> absolutely everything. You know, so uh, try and make it brief, but uh, um, I was, I was, I was, um, I was a funny kid. Like I, I, I could make jokes and things like that, but I wasn't a, a really extroverted kid. I was actually quite introverted kid and uh, shy. And I had um, later discovered that I had uh, ADHD. So I had these the ability to be massively disorganized, um, kind of what I thought was lazy with homework and all that sort of thing. And also I'd be I'd become hyper-focused on things. So I, I didn't have a 
necessarily have a huge group of friends because I would I would sit at at lunch and and get so irritated by people eating next to me. <laughs> I know there's there's some sort of thing about that. There's some sort of fear of people eating, but that I have it. I, I, I Do you def- still have it today? I, I really have to control it. <laughs> I have to, I, I just, because I get, w- w- one of the aspects of ADHD is hyper-focus, which can be a good or a not so good thing. The hyper-focus is that you can focus on one thing that someone's doing and really just get very annoyed by it. Or you can get um, hyper-focused, like when I was, you know, there's a period in my life where I was I was painting and drawing, doing doing, doing art. I, I could literally, four or five hours could completely disappear. I'd, I'd completely disappear in work mm-hmm. on that one thing. So, look, neurodiversity is something that we really need to understand as opposed to just sort of uh, think it's some woke, you know, um, definition of, of a new age of people. But it, it's 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 a re- it's a real thing, and we need to understand that people are there that way because they have a story, and their story is partly genetic and partly experience. Now, my experience was eventually that. I, uh, I, I, I realized at about like 14 that I was, I, I, I walked on stage for the, the school play, but it was, there was no one around. I just walked on stage and I had this bizarre feeling, you know, I was, I was, I was, no, I was 12. That's right. I walked on this stage. No one was there. I just, I stood up on a stage and looked out at the audience and this overwhelming feeling of warmth came over me. Like it was a really weird thing. Warmth that was comfort. Like I'd never felt before. It was home like I'd never felt before. So weird. And um, it turns out that as soon as I stepped on stage in, in the play, I was, I, was, I was at home. I was, I was, this was my place. And so it was like from that point of, it wasn't really a choice what I would be in my life. So I, well, in my mind, it was my choice, but then I had to get into NIDA, which is a pretty hard place to, <laughs> to get into because if you don't get into a good acting school, you know, like a renowned acting school, you got no chance. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get into NIDA. I graduate a degree from NIDA and, and then become an actor. And for 10 years, I'm, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even have to do another job. I basically worked full time for a decade as an actor, which by the way is lucky. It doesn't matter how, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh God, I was so talented that I never was never out of work. It's not that at all. It's not. It, it's it's actually just about uh, pure luck. And I realized that, and then that's why I quit. So I quit. I literally quit the thing that I was destined to do. It was the most horrific decision. It took me 15 years to overcome. It was this. It was this. Uh, and also, um, yeah, it was a really hard decision. But I knew that it wasn't a reliable future. And I can't have a non rely I, I I don't want to be I'm in reliable on myself I have to be able to say I I built this I lived this life I chose this but as an actor you can't say that mm-hmm. you can't say it ever you literally are at the mercy of of the casting agents of the producers of the day whatever people are making what movies or plays or whatever they um but what an amazing experience that was because after being an actor and, and really working on that quite deeply and understanding the, the process of acting, which is how to uncover real emotions, how to tell stories, how to be on stage and how to move the body and express yourself in a way that, that is compelling for people to watch and, and listen to and, and be able to 
how to connect with an audience and storytelling, which is such a huge and important subject because that's what humans do. We are storytellers. It's our best skill. It's, it's what, it's how we communicate best storytelling. So then I spent, you know, cut a long story short, basically the, the, the sort of three things in my experience that have made me this coach is that there's that acting experience. And then there's a real obsession with psychology. I, di I didn't do a psychology course as, as you have done and become a psychologist was an amazingly difficult degree to do, but I, I've all constantly read the papers. I constantly read papers, get advice on them, the meaning of these papers and what they mean when it comes to human behavior influence, persuasion, and and that subject that I'm in. Because I want to make sure that I know what is out there in terms of the latest global understanding of how we come across as humans and why some can people can influence people greatly and some others can't. And I need to know that detail. And then there's the the business experience, I built a global business. I had several offices around the world. It was a successful global business. And, and so I've had, had a kind of a very strange mix of experiences that have gone from this kid who, 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 <laughs> who had no friends, basically this shy kid who had no friends. It was a, I was a bad communicator, literally a bad communicator to someone who suffers through the fear of being on stage at the opera house or wherever in these big high stakes environments, going through those fears, seemingly my whole life, I, I'm, I'm standing in front of people, you know, being vulnerable and it's like my greatest fear and here I am doing this thing. And, and, and I, in that sort of trial by fire, I gradually started to understand and be able to express myself and express myself in a way that makes a positive impact around people and allows me to coach people and allows me to get on stage and be comfortably, well, not comfortably, I'll never be comfortable necessarily before I go on stage. When I'm on stage, I'm really comfortable. Um, but uh, and, and be able to influence and communicate and do all the things that I'm asking uh, leaders to do in my coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. That was a long answer to your question. That was an incredible answer to my question because I feel like there were little pieces of that that I just learned that I feel like I knew, but I, I heard it in a different light. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating because one of the things that I feel like most people really do struggle with is being comfortable on a stage, mm -hmm. being comfortable in front of a crowd, being comfortable standing up in a boardroom or walking into a meeting and really owning the room. And so how was it that you you mentioned that you stepped on stage for the first time at 12 years mm. of age, but somehow you felt at home? How would you describe that experience in now being able to step on to a stage and somehow feel at home? Like, what do you think it was about that experience that really set the tone for this is it for me? Wow, what a great question. My goodness, Lara, <laughs> such a good question because you really made me think. I, you know, my first answer as you were starting to ask that question, you know, you think while someone's talking, <laughs> but you know, I started asking the question, I was thinking, well, I don't know. I was like I was, I lived a past life and somehow I was, I was on stage then and now I'm remembering it. But actually, 
I think it's. A, I think there's an attribute. I think there's an attribute I have that is something that's really important to something you and I are doing together called Gravitas. Uh, our program Gravitas really important, and that's it's confidence. And what is confidence? I have this real sort of mixed relationship with confidence, as you, mm. as you know, because it's. It's a very, I think it should be a verb. I don't think it should be a, a description. Um, I think we have to choose to be confident at certain times. Not that we would act confident, but be really confident. And that actually people who are high performers actually aren't confident most of the time. It's just the when that's important. What is important with confidence is when. You know, if I had to say to someone, I love them or I care for them. I need to do that with confidence. <laughs> if, I, if I don't do that with confidence, they're probably not going to believe me. If I say, I'm sorry, I need to, or I'm sorry, but, you know, mate, you, know you said this and I said that, and you, that, that's not confidence. There are times when we need to be confident. If you're, if you're a motorcycle stunt person and you're going towards the, the ramp to do your record jump and you're going up the ramp, this is not the time to be lacking in confidence, right? It's, it's really not the time. You need to be completely, utterly confident at that moment. And in your mind, you're saying, send it. And it's the same thing is that I think I naturally f had as a kid. And maybe it was fight or flight, natural fight or flight. Maybe everyone has it. I stood on stage with this idea that there's going to be a big audience there. But I stood on stage and something clicked in my brain that said, uh, the only way to survive is to send it. I think that's what happened. The only way to survive this is to go for it. And that is a confidence. That's confidence. That's why I mean it should be a verb. You should confidence your way into a meeting. <laughs> and I don't mean uh, as in a confidence trickster. I mean um, choose when you need to be confident. Let's go back to the motorcycle guy. Two months before he does his, his or her jump, two months before, that's not the time to be confident, to go, I'm confident in my people, I'm confident in our plans, I'm confident in this. No, no, no. You want to be, have, be riddled with self-doubt. You want to be going, am I capable of this? You want to be able to reflect on all your failings and all your weaknesses and all the weaknesses in the team and all the potential failings that could happen to you so that you are vigilant and that you don't leave anything to chance. And that when you're on that ramp, you've left nothing to doubt. Mm. So that's what I think confidence is, which is one of the key components of, of Gravitas is confidence. But confidence is not something that should be constant. Whereas there are some things that should be constant in Gravitas. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's so interesting to talk about confidence because I do feel like people have that perception of you're either a confident person or you're not. Mm. But in my experience, what I found is that there are ways to cultivate confidence within yourself and then bring that out in times where you where it's needed and where it's required. And I, I think that there's sometimes this this belief that you're either just confident all the time or you're just someone that doesn't have it. Whereas actually it's like any other skill. You can really continue to build that skill 
And then in those moments that it really counts, you can say, I'm going to bring this part of myself forward for this particular purpose. And I think what's been really fascinating is I've studied, I mean, I've studied under you. I've you know now co-created a program with you and have also studied psychology and and human behavior for many years. And I think you and I really share that that interest. There's something in knowing that you're able to develop these skills, Mm. that confidence is actually not something that you're necessarily born with. And if you feel like you always had it, I think that makes you one of the lucky few. Mm. (laughs) You know, if you feel like that's something that's innately yours, I'm like, wow, that's actually quite a unique gift. Yeah, I think that would almost be unlucky. Mm. (laughs) But I'm coming from someone who's 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 lacking in confidence as as a person who has lots of self doubts. But I think if you're if you're born feeling confident. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, because you 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 you've got to be um one thing you taught me, for example, I, I actually think you taught me, or you you really inspired me around this subject, is to not be mean to yourself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying love yourself, but <laughs> I I kind of mean that in that 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 do sort of love yourself. But what what are you loving? Are you loving the fact that you're incredible? No, you're just loving you with all your skills and all your attributes and your failures and and the capacity to love that about yourself you don't necessarily like it but to love that about yourself um is 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 what confidence is i i am i'm okay with being uh vulnerable being uh having felt shame i'm i'm having failed Having constantly failed at something, I'm 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 okay with the fact that sometimes I'm I feel stupid, and I I look foolish, and and that I'm okay with that because that's the human condition. If you are somehow blinded to that, what we then do is we give you a you know, you know a, a a name. We call you a narcissist <laughs> because you you are somehow immune to a sense of failure that you could ever fail. But that sense of failure is so, or that sense of doubt is so important. You know, there's a um, there's a great composer, I, I love music, all types of music, but there's a great composer called Chopin, who's probably one of the greatest piano composers. Chopin, yeah. yeah. Greatest piano, I mean, beautiful music, Incredible. Right? So beautiful. So moving. Um, yeah, so beautiful. I mean, you, you listen to the piano and you could just like go into dreamland, but... It, he was so suffered so much self doubt that he could hardly finish his pieces. He could never. F- he he was constantly fixing little notes on the things because he was never really happy with anything he did. He's actually never really, really happy with it. But there's a, there was a point when he'd go, "This is it. This is me." And and he would have to sit up there on the stage and he would have to play his piece. And I, I guarantee you, even though I wasn't there and I can't possibly know, but I guarantee you that there was not one little drop of, of self-doubt when he's playing, you know, one of his etudes or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Not a drop. And he would have played that piece with everything he is, every, every ounce of who he is. And that's what 
the the motorcycle stunt person does they send it fully you you there's a point there's a point where you you must you must be confident but not all the time give yourself a break mm. yeah don't you, don't you i i do i really do and it's so interesting how this really comes up across all different kinds of roles, all different kinds of levels. And I think that what I've really observed in my own experience as well is seeing people, for example, in the corporate world, we'll just use that as an example, where people think that just because someone's in a leadership position, someone's in a CEO position, that they're just automatically this this confident, powerful being. Yeah. But actually, a lot of the times when you're able to work really closely with those people, you realize that they're 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 human and they have real fears and they have real doubts. And things like questioning and doubting ourselves is not necessarily something that you ever get over per se. You just learn to create a different relationship with that doubt and you learn to cultivate a different kind of relationship with fear where you may actually know how to either through, you know, working with a coach or maybe you get to a point that you can self-coach yourself through these things to an extent where you actually remind yourself of, okay, I feel really terrified about this and I'm going to get into the zone and I'm going to do it anyway. And I feel like the differentiating factor is often between those that actually are willing to do things even when they feel doubt and even when they feel afraid versus the ones that let fear actually prevent them from, from stepping out into the light. And it's so crippling the fear that then they don't actually take that step out onto the stage. And so they never actually allow themselves to express themselves in that way because the fear takes over. And so I don't think it's a matter of do you have confidence or do you not? Mm. Do you have doubt or do you not? Do you have fear or do you not? We all have varying degrees of it. It's just learning how to leverage it and learning how to create a different relationship where you can do the things that you want even when you feel fearful and afraid. I get the feeling, Lara, with some of the things you do, you go out of your way to be uncomfortable. You go out of your way <laughs> to to be in a position where you have to have courage. Yeah. You? Yeah. You, you do. I do. But I feel like you do too. I feel like we share that in common. And yeah, you I know, do. I think back and and for anyone listening, if you didn't listen to the first podcast episode that Chris and I did, it's it's episode fifty. So you can go back and listen to it. But one of the things that I did that was fearful for me was actually, you know, working with you and actually hiring you as my, that was terrifying for me (laughs) because I was like, here is this, like, he's this big deal. You know, it's like, even just to, you know, you just, I mean, even just to get a, a meeting with you, it was like a big deal. And then to hire you as my coach was a big deal. And then I remember having my session with you, my first ever session with you. And I was like shaking in my boots. I'm like petrified. And I'm like, I'm really like leaning into this. I'm really running towards the fire. And I remember saying to you at that point that I would rather 
stuff up in front of you in a weird way, even though I was kind of scared, intimidated and, and fearful of you back then. But I was like, I would rather have someone with this level of expertise tell me the truth mm. so that I can improve from here. So that this doesn't become the thing that I'm actual that actually prevents me from living out my potential and doing the kinds of things that I want to do. And so I've just learned to really cultivate a different relationship with fear where I let my vision, my purpose, my dreams become so big that I'm like, I just want to do what I need to do to become that version of me. And I'm willing to do whatever it, it takes from a you know personal growth perspective, investing in myself, putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Like that's the only way I've been able to grow and evolve. That's why you, you just... You just every day you live, you move towards that sort of elusive idea of, of gravitas, actually, I think, because um, there are two, two things that are immovable in gravitas. There's, there's a number of elements, as you and I talk about, you know, we, we talk about um, these seven different aspects to, to gravitas. And there's some that are flexible, like confidence, right? It's flexible. Sometimes you're confident, sometimes you're not, but you just got to be trying be confident at the right time. <laughs> um, so then, but then there are ones that are immovable, the ones that if you, that, that must be there constantly. And those two, and it's not even courage. You don't have to have courage all the time, <laughs> but at some point you need to push yourself out there and struggle. But in terms of the constant ones, character and capability. And you were just saying how, you know, I wanted to learn, I knew I was scared of it, but I, I knew that I needed to learn this and I want you to tell me the truth. The ability to take direction and learn is one of the greatest gifts you could ever have if it's a gift or something, one of the greatest things you can ever learn if, it's, if, if you're going to learn it. And um, because capability, you can't have gravitas without great capability. I want you to own your ambition, get the right support and learn how to level up your life. But how do you harness that ambition, find the right support and learn how to level up without the overwhelm, having to do it all alone and with limited bandwidth? Introducing the Uplevel Experience. My community of women owning their power, doing life together, and learning how to level up with a combination of live virtual sessions, masterclasses, hot seat coaching, guest speakers, community access, and so much more. Take your personal finances, health, and relationships to the next level. Get exclusive access, resources, and connections. Learn the tools, tactics, and strategies that work for you and experience it whenever and wherever you are. I love seeing the transformation already taking place, like the feedback in this email. It's put a spotlight on the areas where I'm self-sabotaging and also playing small. I'm becoming much more clear on the steps I need to take to get to the level I want to be, but not getting overwhelmed by the steps ahead of me like I would have in the past or this DM I received. The up-level experience has enabled me to step into my personal power and become a high-worth, high-value woman. I've learned to get up and move no matter what. I've been prepared to make big shifts in my life, which I previously would have felt overwhelmed by. So in love with the energy inside this container. 
Is it time to invest in yourself and step up a level in life? I want to help you do just that. And that's why as a Boston Hills listener, you'll receive a VIP upgrade on sign up, which includes a 60 minute one-on-one call with yours truly valued at $555. Places are limited. So for more information on how to join, click the link in the episode show notes. It's your time to shine with the up-level experience. What is gravitas? Yeah, so gravitas is um, Latin, of course. It means weight, heaviness, and and therefore that heaviness attracts. Right? So it's it's someone who has great weight and is uh, therefore attracts our attention. But basically, what is gravitas? I think that probably the best thing for me to do is to is to um, maybe even paint a picture of that person. So imagine a person who is calm under pressure. No matter what's happening around, this person is just that one of those people who's just calm under pressure, no matter what. The other thing about this person with gravitas is that is that their their energy is from within. They they have energy from with they their energy is their own. They drive their own energy. They're not at the whim of the world or circumstances around them. Their energy is theirs. And and finally, that when this person speaks. You listen. And the reason why you listen is because they, you know that they have done their 10,000 hours. You know that they've studied at their university or their apprenticeship or whatever it was that they, in their life that they did, and they studied and worked hard and kept learning, and they're still a student. And that 20, 30, 40 years in the future, they're still going to be learning because that's what they have in their head is a, is that growth mindset of I can learn. I, I have to learn and it never, it never ends. And so capability is, is not something that you have sometimes and then you don't have it others. Oh yeah, I'll learn that tomorrow or I'll become good at my job or my area of expertise maybe later. No, no. You want gravitas? which is going to help you like there's nothing else that's going to help you in your career more effectively than than the elements of gravitas. They correlate as as you the psychologist knows the the elements of gravitas seven elements we talk about correlate directly with with people being becoming being and becoming successful leaders. Mm. And so why this is kind of the what and the why at the same time but why gravitas because if you if you want to be a leader, whether it's a good parent or whether it's uh, a leader in your community or whether it's a business leader or whether it's a sport, whatever type of, I mean, we are, we're all asked to be leaders at some point. But if you do want to lead in some way or feel as though you've been thrust into that position <laughs> of leadership, you know, and, you, and you're a bit scared of it, you're going to need these skills and these attributes. So that capability is immovable. It's got to be constant. The next thing that's immovable is character. Character. It's where no matter what, you do the right thing. I know, you know, this may polarize some people, but great leaders do, they, they have a sense of a very strong sense of their values. And they, they follow those values. They stick to their values. And it's uh, it's almost a sense of duty to their values, to what is right, to what is right by other people, what is right in this circumstance, to and therefore uh, it's it, I guess kind of wisdom comes comes with that. 
Um, but it's a character. It's that your sense of character, character and capability. They're, they, they're things that we can build mm. and that we never end building, but, but I think they're constant. Do you agree? I completely agree with you. Mm. I think that like you so clearly articulated, there are certain pieces of leadership that I feel like they're within, you know, there's a, a leader within and whether we choose to cultivate those characteristics and, and nurture them and work on them and bring them out more is really up to us. Mm. But I think in terms of, you know, character as an example, it's like that that's the essence of who someone is. Mm. That's the essence of who you are. And I don't think that that is something that really moves so much over time. I think you just continue to build and cultivate that more and more. And I think this is why the work that you do with a lot of your, you know, coaches and leaders that come to you is so powerful is because you just help people extract and embody more of who they are. This is why I, I really think that you are who you are to so many extraordinary leaders, Chris, is because you're not trying to mold them into becoming something that they're not. You're actually looking at them and saying, well, I actually see and feel the essence of who you are. And all we're going to do is work together to bring out more of you and actually help you stand in your power and stand in your leadership but with the essence of who you are. Yeah. Every single person is uh, is uh, infinite within a finite space. Every single person. I, I, I've lived so much life in uncovering and, and discovering human behaviors and potentials and, and, and how people can change and adapt and, and to, 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 uh, um, really come to the view honestly that I, I truly believe that we we just have so we have an infinite potential that we can do we can make a particular choice at any given moment um by the way i did want to say i did want to say that um gravitas i think i'm talking about gravitas as a positive thing right so, so a person can have gravitas and be evil i guess they can have a gravitas and be but uh I think of gravitas and its original idea of gravitas is actually that this is a person in your in the community of whatever that community is, business community or whatever it is, sports community, is is a person that we trust. And this is really important part of gravitas, and that's why I'm saying character is important because you and I both know that the corporate world and and political world is filled with people who are manipulative, who so play the game, as people say, who manipulate people to get where they want. And and unfortunately, they, they do get leadership positions and, and maybe even more often than, than, than the good guys. But that what you and I are saying, I think, in well, definitely in our Gravitas program, we are definitely saying that the good guys can win. And in fact, if you build these attributes, you build these attributes, it's a fait accompli, mm -hmm. you will be successful in your career. You will be. You may have some down times, you may have some bad luck, 
But if you stick to it over time, it's, it's, it's an academic trajectory. Uh, because these behaviors are, are good. Gravitas is good. It's good for, good for you, good for me to, to be searching for gravitas. I don't think we, it's, it's again, it's almost like a verb because it's not, it's not something you, uh, you become, I don't think necessarily. You can have gravitas in certain circumstances, not gravitas in another circumstance. Um, but eventually that, as a person, you, you're gathering up a kind of a momentum of having more gravitas. So it's like you're always building towards it. It's always better to build towards something that's slightly out of reach, you know? And, and so it's not, it's not like it's suddenly that person has gravitas all the time. The great judge who sits there and we all listen to and trust and believe in and, you know, and follow in our community. It goes home and plays, uh, plays sport with her grandkid and and makes her full of herself. <laughs> you know, she has zero gravitas in another circumstance. Yeah. yeah. It's like we get to express different parts of ourselves mm. and then it's the knowingness of I can pull this out when it's required, you know, when it comes to me really stepping into my personal power in those moments where I'm really called to step up to the yeah. challenge and and rise and to be the leader, I can do that because I've been able to cultivate these skills. And that doesn't mean that I yeah. need to walk around my life being everything all the time. Like that's just not realistic and yeah. it just wouldn't work anyway. It's like we're always all get we're all getting we're we're getting ready for the send it moment. That's, that's it. what we're doing. Yes. We're always working so that when it comes to this the moment you're going to send it there's 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 you don't you're not leaving anything to to chance anything mm. to doubt mm. because you've done the work yeah. on yourself on your yeah. subject absolutely and this is why i believe in this work mm. so wholeheartedly because i've been a student of it and now you know with you it's i've been able to become someone who teaches in this subject as well. And I've really seen my own career trajectory skyrocket mm. when I really started to own these skills that a lot of them, again, it's like you have you have it. You, we have a lot of these skills and abilities and and capabilities within us, but they've just not been cultivated mm. and they've just not been, we haven't focused our energy or our time or our resources to actually working on it. Yeah. And it's just the same thing as someone going to the gym. You know, you don't just say, you know, I'm going to wish myself into having muscles and and building a six pack, like no amount of wishing is going to get you there but actually setting the intention that I want to build this muscle and I'm going to show up and I'm going to consistently start working on this muscle. And over time, this muscle is going to grow and it's going to compound. And all of a sudden, you know, I wake up one day and I'm like, oh, I feel like I've I've got it. You know, like mm. when did that happen? And I feel like it can be the same for these skills that we're talking about, like gravitas. It's something that can be developed yeah. And it's something that can be refined and it's something that you can continually work on. 
And I feel like these kinds of skills were the things that enabled me to step into leadership positions. If, I think that there's a point of, yes, become, you know, a subject matter expert. Yes, you know, understand the, the technicalities of your role. You know, yes, be well-read, be re- well-researched. And then there's a point of, well, do you want to be an individual c- contributor? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if that's what you want. But we're talking, I think, to those people that feel the pull of like, I feel like I'm here to do big things. I feel like I'm here to make a big impact. I feel like I'm here to really lead and really rise to this next level of like Mm. curiosity and intrigue of what is my next level potential. And I think for those people, these are skills that you can build and cultivate. And I think that they're the people that you know, we saw come through in Gravitas in in the last round that that we ran. It's like we had so many incredible people come in through all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of levels, all different kinds of expertise, all different kinds of industries. But ultimately, their aim was, I want to develop this skill because I want to become more of who I am. I, I yeah. want to feel like I've got this confidence and conviction and owning in who I am and what I stand for and how I deliver things and and what I do. And they're and they're afraid. And they're they can I do this? I've been I'm being put up for this position. Um, I was technical now I'm being asked to manage people. Can I do it? And uh I don't know. There's so many fears around it. And 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 the lessons in how to do that are really important, but I think there's another element. And you've really, I think you, you, you've inspired a lot of people, Lara, of course, and you've inspired, you've inspired me just as much as I've inspired you. But I, I'm just, just in one particular area I want to talk about, um, which is, which is kind of love. Now, what I mean by that is <laughs> it's when when you work with someone, you do not judge them and and you have an unconditional love for them growing. and um, and you truly care. And so and and people know that about you. People know that about you. I know that about you so much so that I can go, I can be having a question or I can be having self-doubts or something. And I say, what would Lara say to me? Because, because I can trust that what you would say to me is the truth. And it was, it was said from a place of love. I, mm. I truly, I, 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 I think this, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's not as tangible as the basic skills of management, <laughs> like <laughs> love. I mean, it, it's it's. Um, some people might listen to it and go, "Oh, that's what's that fluffy shit? Love the love <laughs> shit? It's got nothing to do with. It. I'm just going to do the job. We got to do it well. What's the love shit?" And but no, it's 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 important. And it's important as a person that. So why is it important as a leader? It's because it's important that you feel loved. It's so important that somewhere, someone, somewhere out there loves you, even if it's only your mum, 
right? And only your mum can love you, right? Because the, you, no one else cares, but someone's got to love you. So because when you know that person is there, you have a, 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 this spark, this feeling in your tummy, this feeling that's deep within you that says, I'm okay mm. and maybe I'm going to be okay. And so I think a leader, they may not say it, it's not an explicit thing, but for a really inspiring leader, if you want to, if you want to keep, if you want to have a great team and keep them, retain them, <laughs> um, you want to build a great team and have people remember your legacy as a leader, for people to look back in time and say, I worked with Lara and it was the, the most awesome time. I felt so capable. I felt so creative. If you want people to feel that way about you, you have to be the person who they know loves them. Mm -hmm. right? They know, they've got to know that you have an unconditional love for their development. Not necessarily loves them, even not necessarily likes them <laughs> as a person <laughs> and just got to go out with them all the time, but just this sense of absolute care, yeah. which I guess I could you could translate That's what into it love. Is. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's taken a, I think a, maybe a while for me to. Over time in my life to actually come to, because I'm very practical, very science orientated, very, I mm -hmm. believe in, you know. Yeah. But you facts. know, I feel like for you though, Chris, you do have that level of care that you're talking about. Yeah. And I think that the beautiful thing that I've felt and experienced and been privileged to work with you on has been there could be brutal honesty, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, I remember when I first started working with you, my husband had pre-warned me like, Lara, you better put your big girl pants on. Like mm. you cannot cry. <laughs> you know? And, and <laughs> I'm so like, oh, I know he's like, put your big girl pants on. I wonder what I would have done if you started I, crying. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I don't uh, know. You mean like, this is, <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> I would have been fine. You know, I could handle it. I would but, handle it. But you know what? I think it's the <laughs> the stretch of like the thing is even though when you work with your clients and you, and you do this work and the brutal honesty actually comes from a place of care because it's I mm, actually want the best for you. Yeah. And I'm telling you the truth because no one in your life may have been ever willing to tell you the truth and I'm going to be the one to tell you the truth. But the truth comes yeah. from an unwavering place of care, yeah. an unwavering place yep. of love, an unwavering place of seeing someone's true potentiality and your purpose and your devotion to allowing that person to express all that they are, that is a gift. Yeah, which that, er erases judgment. Yes, there is judgment. no judgment. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't even have a place. There's no room or, no. or space for judgment in yeah. any of this. And so I think that the reason why, and I do want to share more about Gravitas with our audience in, our, in, our mo in a moment, but the reason why I feel like you and I have always worked so well together, whether it was a coach and coachy relationship or whether it's a friendship or whether it's a, you know, equal partner, collaborative, you know, relationship, 
there is a fundamental values that I think that we share. And even though our approaches may be quite different, the, the values and the care yeah. is something that you and I both share at yeah. a very deep level. And I think that that is the felt experience that people mm-hmm. get when they come into your world, when they come into my world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in this beautiful, you know, powerful, incredible space that we've created in Gravitas, which is our co-creation of a, of a program. So maybe we can just spend, you know, a mm. few minutes like, you know, sharing more about Gravitas because this is a program that really came to life in you and I having a series of conversations over coffees, lunches, you know, catching up as friends and in creating this energy between us of you know, these are the things that we really care about. These are the kinds of transformations that we love to see actualize in our clients and in people that come into our worlds. And so I don't even know. I think it was just a series of conversations that you and I had and it just kind of crescendoed and it was like gravitas. <laughs> you know, gravitas was born. And and so gravitas is our co-creation of a program. And effectively for anyone who's listening, who is interested in doing this program with us, it is for anyone who wants to develop these skills that we've spoken about today, the, developing these leadership skills, de- developing their their power, their personal presence, the impact that they're making, their leadership, their communication, cultivating more of this confidence. Like this is a very transformative and I think quite a unique journey that we take our participants through. And we ran our first live, you know, sessions of Gravitas in 2023. And it was a huge success. And the feedback that we received from that program was just out of this world. I think you and I were, were receiving these, you know, messages and feedback yeah. and, and being like, whoa, you know, the transformation and, and the felt experience and, and then the, the tactical elements. I think that people are really able to practically apply these skills into their businesses, their careers, their lives has been enormous. And so I'm really excited to be bringing out another round of, of Gravitas very soon. So I, I love the fact that it was, it was, a, it's a, it's a video on demand basically mm. program. Um, and the participants are kind of so effusive as to what they've learned and, uh, and that they've, they've literally walked away feeling more confident being, being more effective in, in as leaders or as presenters or more confident on stage or in front of people who are scary or whatever it might be and and that they have a way forward and I, I'm really I'm really it, it's really great that you can get that from a video program I know. I, and I and I neither of you and I would would continue a program I think if it didn't have that type of outcome if people we, people weren't capable of actually literally getting some sort of you know, beginning a transformative mm-hmm. uh, um, experience from, and and that's why, of course, we're practical with it. There, there are very practical uh, exercises and things to do and how tos that they can they can follow. Um, that's right, and even though it is, you know, they're pre-recorded modules, we've been very 
considered about how we've structured it and the transformative journey that one goes from, you know, the beginning of the program to the end. We also provide, you know, so much support throughout the the six-week duration. And and I think what was really great, which we did last time, and we're going to bring this again into, you know, 2.0 when when we release this in March, is that we ran a live hot seat coaching session at the end. And the feedback from that session session alone was this one session was worth the entire cost of the program. You know, there, there was so many breakthroughs and transformations that happened, I think, in us live coaching some of these participants. And, and it is something that you and I have both cultivated these skills. So we really believe in this work. And then also to see the transformation in our participants, I think was, you know, hugely rewarding. Yeah, for wasn't us. it amazing? I was also amazed at that that time we spent them with them live um afterwards, how powerful that conversation was because of what they'd gone through. So in in the, you know, in the amount of time we had with them, that it had this this the whole program behind it. It was just such a such an effective conversation. Um and and we needed to have it. And it was I'm glad um, that I think you insisted we do that. But I'm really glad we did that. <laughs> well, I think that it yeah, was a it was, really it was a co-creation yeah. and it was a co-creative experience. And I think you know whether you know, and I think that people just got so much value uh, from learning from you, Chris. You know, and I think that it's quite a unique experience that is not something that's really, you know, broadly accessible or, or available otherwise. And so Gravitas is a program that Chris and I are going to be reopening the doors for in March 11th is the date that we're going to officially kick off edition 2.0. And we are really excited to be bringing this this program back to life and and opening up the doors for a second time. I think that we really believe in it. We've seen the transformation in others and we're really excited to see mm. what the transformation is going to be f- for this round of participants as well. And so um, I will put the link in the show notes for anyone who wants to register for Gravitas. We are going live on the 11th of, of March. It is run over a six-week long duration. And so you do have access to all of the videos um, on demand. They're, they're drip fed one one video a week. Um, and then you have an opportunity to go in, watch the replays um, over and over if you like. Um, we've also added in customized workbooks, you know, really practical coursework that goes with the program as well. And there is going to be that live session that we've decided that we're going to run again at, at the conclusion of the, you know, the program this time as well. And so the link is in the show notes. If you would like to join, if you've got any questions at all, you can reach out to Chris or to myself. We're very happy to answer any questions that you might have. Um, so feel free to reach out to us, whether it's email, LinkedIn, I'm going to say Instagram for me, but I feel like, do you even check your Instagram DMs? I don't know. 
Yeah, I think I'll do it. <laughs> you do? Okay. Yeah, okay, do Instagram, DM. Yeah. I'll put all the links to your social pages um, in the show notes as well, Chris. But before we wrap up, was there any final messages that you wanted to leave our audience with? I think the message would be if you're, you're thinking, why, why would I do this program? Or, or what does this program, like in a nutshell, do for me? I think I would say that it's a program that will teach you how to show up as a leader. That's the first thing. How do I show up in this room, on this stage, in this conversation? How do I show up? And how do I continue to grow as a leader so that people see me as someone who's in command of the space, the room, when I need to be? Someone who knows how to connect with people and, and listen and influence them on an emotional level. And the sort of leader, when they speak, can be so compelling that people can't help but listen. Mm, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what it's about. Yeah. And it will get you going on that journey. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Chris. And thank you Pleasure. so much for joining me again. It's been such a pleasure to have you Anytime. back on the show. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes. 